Thanks for tuning in to Blokes of Wrestling on the Let's Get Ready Network, brother. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please, leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Brother, brother. What is going on, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We're coming to you, uh, kayfabe aside, not live on Black Friday here on the Let's Get Ready Network. And I'm very happy to be joined once again after a few weeks off, Mr. NWO Soda. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be back. Uh, I don't know if Dagan said, but I was actually off doing a play in my hometown. Um, that actually got ended, ended up getting postponed, so I came back a little earlier than I was expecting. So it's good to be back. It's great to talk wrestling. I have missed doing this, so I can't wait. Yes. To do this. And man, holy hell, a whole lot of stuff has happened since you've been gone. Oh, uh, yeah. Most, mostly, I think, stuff in AEW. We got some WWE stuff as well. We got Survivor Series coming up tomorrow Yeah. as as we're dropping this, so definitely some Yeah, I gotta right remember that part to say right about the... Right. Uh, more games oh i can't wait like that is a concept that was designed for survivor series and i'm glad now that triple h has the ranks and bringing it back and and making it more storyline based which is awesome but yes yes and i also like that uh, they're doing it on the main roster yes and not nxt because i think in nxt war games right now in its current form would maybe not be very good from what you hear about that show it's maybe not the best so uh, it's, it's, it's improved a little better. bit but at the same time it makes sense with the talent that they have yeah. on the main roster that uh that that's where they would do it so yeah, and there's reports coming out that they want to um they would that the, like there's going to be a lot of high spots probably happening in those two matches because uh a lot of the footage they have is from NXT, but unfortunately it's from people who are in AEW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Undisputed Era. Yeah. Um, who the hell else? Wasn't Keith Lee in one of them? I believe no. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah, but it's basically there's a bunch of AEW stars. Alistair Black, maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Alistair Black, who? Spoilers. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be wild. I'm really looking forward. Uh, you going to check out the War Games? I will be watching it. Yeah, I... I, I don't uh, usually watch WWE shows, but certain like big shows like this, I'll, I'll definitely tune in for. So yeah, uh, I for sure will be watching. It's funny because Tyler uh, is gonna be there. I, I just went to full gear. Tyler was oh, not there man. with me. Usually we goes to shows, we go to shows together, but he's actually gonna be going to to Survivor Series, and I, I will be watching from the comfort of my own couch. So yeah, no, me too. And what's beauty is it's not a big card, so it looks like the 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 women's yeah. are gonna have enough time to breathe, which is awesome. They usually get like an hour each anyway, so that yeah. kind of makes sense. Maybe what two or three other matches other than that? What is it like? Um, uh, have the Balor and Styles, the, the finals of the World Cup. Yeah, you're gonna and, have the uh, women for the U.S. Yeah. title. Okay. Um, Ronda easily beating Shotzi. Um, and I think that's actually it because Sty- the- we, we meant, did I mention Styles and Balor? 
Oh, and then, yeah, you did Styles and Balor. So I think that's it because all the title holders are going to be in the War Games. Except for six. It's like a six-match card if you count the War Games match. Basically, which is yeah. pretty good. Um, it's probably going to be long, but, I mean, it's it's nice. There's not going to be that many matches. I mean, it's going to feel fast-paced. No, I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to this. And I actually went back and rewatched War Games 1996 last night. Nice. That was the one where Sting said, screw you to WCW right before he became the Crow Sting. It was, I'd never seen it. Yes. I'd never seen it. It was actually a pretty good match. Speaking of Sting, that's a good transition here as we get to our first news story of the week, and that is that Sting and Darby Allen have been announced to team up with the Great Muda for his retirement tour. Yeah, The match will be taking place Sunday, January 22nd uh, in Pro Wrestling Noah, and the opponents have not been announced yet. So many possibilities of who these three could be facing in this mm-hmm. trio's match. Uh, it's being advertised as Great Muda final bye bye. It's like the most <laughs> Japanese translation I've heard in, in quite some time. Uh, and it will, in fact, be uh, his final match as the Great Muda character. Uh, oh, until then retire- retired. Oh. So this is the retirement of the Great Muda. Muto, oh. however, will retire on February 21st, 2023 at the Tokyo Dome, which was previously uh, announced. So, okay. Well, that uh, makes, this- makes more sense. Yeah, um, I love this. I love how you have Great Muda and his his farewell tour. Probably uh, gonna be in the WWE Hall of Fame, but before yeah, that, yeah. Uh, gets to wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura, and then like a couple weeks later from WWE, and then a couple weeks later mm-hmm. wrestling with Sting and Darby Allen from from AEW. So it's like everybody yeah. pouring out their respects and their love for the Great Muda and how historic and legendary of character and a wrestler that he's been. And it's really one of those things where like the the forbidden doors, the walls kind of don't, you know, don't ma- factor in and matter as much, you know, because all these matches are happening in Japan. Yeah. Some of these cross promotional stuff happening with stars. It, it This will happen when you have like a big retirement for, yeah. for somebody like Muda. Darby must be pinching himself right now. He right. Really, I mean, like that is, that is, that is a high honor. That is an incredibly high honor. It really, really is, man. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, we kind of were, speculate a little bit before we uh, started recording here that maybe Darby will have some kind of paint similar to the great Muda. I could, I could see actually both him and sting sort of putting oh, on yeah. the, the great Muda makeup for this. Sting doing is uh, wearing uh, for one night doing the uh, face paint from when he feuded with Muda. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. I could see yeah. that. But it's just really cool, man. It's, it is. It's a pretty awesome crossover thing that they're doing here. And I'm really, really looking forward to, watching some of these final matches that Muda's having. Who would have thought that Vince McMahon getting the shaft would have been one of the best things to happen in professional wrestling, right? I did, but I did, okay, whatever. Okay, I, it would be good. <laughs> I didn't think we'd be getting like Shinsuke over in uh, Japan. Noah, yeah, pro, pro wrestling Noah. Yeah. yeah. But uh, speaking of Japan, we have some other news. We actually have a couple other news stories coming out of Japan. Uh, and one of those, speaking of WWE stars going over there, Carl Anderson has been announced finally after seemingly ghosting the company, which I think a lot of people assume was kind of a work considering oh, yeah. when guys don't show up for their scheduled matches, usually they get stripped of the title. Uh, but in, in this case, I think for sure was a work. Uh, they have announced that he will be competing in that ske- previously scheduled match against Hikaleo for the never open weight title. It'll be happening on Wednesday, December 14th, which is mm-hmm. the same night as Winter's Coming for AW, which is kind of funny. 
but it is also the finals of the World Tag League. So, so big show. I've never heard of this tournament. Like, I mean, lay as well knowledge. My knowledge of Japanese wrestling is very limited. It's just basically to the stories I've read in books over the years. So, yeah. is, this, is this basically like just a big tag tournament they do? It is. Yeah, yeah. It they do this. They do a few of these tournaments each year. Uh, well, the big yeah. one that everybody kind of the a lot, most wrestling fans know about is the G one. Mm-hmm. But they also have World Tag League, Best of the Super Juniors, Best of the Super Junior Tag League. So yeah. actually, you have two tag tournaments going on right now, Junior Tag and then the World Tag. And the winners of those get a shot at the champions gotcha. at Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome. So whoever wins the World Tag League will be facing FTR at the Tokyo Dome. So that's pretty yeah. exciting. And uh, then the winners of the Junior Tag League. I'm trying to remember who the champions well, I mean, are right now. I think it's... I believe it's TJP and Akira, Francisco Akira and uh, and TJ, the former TJ Perkins, uh, aka TJP, um, are are going to be. I, I, why do I say former? It's his real name, TJ Perkins. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So that that's sort of the deal there. But along that card, like usually with these big tournament finals, they'll have other kind of big matches that they'll put on there. And so the Carl Anderson Hickaleo match is scheduled for that. So. Um, we'll see. Maybe maybe he'll he'll uh, ghost them again and not show up, and this is just built to a match that's actually yeah. going to happen at the Tokyo Dome. But I kind of hope it's like, hey, just, like get it out of the get it out of the way, get it over with. I'm ready right. to just have Can this match. Can you imagine like a WWE contracted wrestler wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom? Like that would be huge. Right? And, and imagine like because we're we're going to get into the next big story next. But Carl Anderson, a WWE wrestler, on the same card that you have AEW wrestlers yeah. at the freaking Tokyo Dome. Uh, for Wrestle Kingdom, so yeah, that would be it, pretty it crazy. Like it, it's it's great for the growth of wrestling. Like you have to put it in sometimes. It's, it's a great thing. I don't ever see AEW and WWE doing like a big Forbidden Door crossover show, but at no. the same time, guys going over to Japan, guys going over to Impact, you know, like crossover yeah. there. I can if totally I'm being see honest, more of that. I don't think North American companies can do that just because history has set the precedent. Like if you if you, all you got to do is go look at Super Clash Three from the eighties, yeah. like that, you, like all, everyone who participated in it told you it was a shit show um, because nobody wanted to have their wrestlers lose. So right, um, yeah, there's I, I all, there was always political stuff about who's going to do the job and exactly a lot of, a lot of screwy finishes and things like that. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm with you. I don't ever see WWE and AEW working together, but I can no. see them. I can see them definitely loaning wrestlers to the same cards and stuff. Yeah, like I can definitely see, it, especially when it's Japan, because this is both companies working with New Japan at the same time and having yeah. guys on and, the same show. And yeah. it, it's nice to see because back in the early '80s to mid '80s, WWE, WWF, I should say, had a relationship with them. Because I mean, Hogan would go over all the time. And so would a lot of other wrestlers. So it's nice to see them yep. dabble back into it a little bit. It is. It is really cool. Yeah. And and yeah, props to, to Triple H and Tony mm. Khan for like, you know, not being petty and being like, oh, well, there's a WWE guy in the show. Like, I'm not going to send AEW guys over there, or vice versa with, with Hunter. So yeah, definitely. That shit. We're past it. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Now that Vince is, is kind of gone. So I'm um, looking forward to that. But I think the biggest news coming out of Japan this week, and this was announced. Shortly after Full Gear, uh, there oh, was I, I a it immediately when I saw this. <laughs> yeah, there was a video promo that was aired on a show that happened. I think it was like shortly after Full Gear, or mm-hmm. or maybe uh, yeah. yeah, it was like so Full Gear within, happened within and then twenty four hours. Yeah, with, within twenty four hours of Full Gear uh, and all the crazy stuff that happened with the Elite, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. they have announced that Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay 
We'll be having a match at Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome. And man, I could not be more hyped for this. Kenny Omega appeared in a video promo after Osprey successfully defended the title against Shota Umino and challenged him for the big match at the Tokyo Dome, which has been rumored and sort of speculated on for a while now. And now with everything going on in AEW and uh, the feud with the Death Triangle, obviously, when they put up the schedule, which we'll talk about for the best of seven series. I was like, right on. That's like what? Uh, Between the Elite and the Death Triangle. Uh, that people noticed immediately that January 4th, which is a show that AW is doing in Seattle, is happening the same night as the Tokyo. Actually, the Dome show will air early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So you can actually watch that show before AW even airs. But uh, that, uh, yeah, Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega happening on that show on January 4th. Uh, man, this is a dream match, I think, in the making. Yeah, it's one of those things. Has it one on one? Oh, I. Don't think so. I I want to say they had a match at in the G one, but I I don't even think they that that's been the case. Um, they've had tag matches. They've had some classic yeah. tag matches. Well, against yeah, each and they had um, in the trios tournament, obviously in AEW right. versus the Elite. And what I like about this is we're not getting the Kenny Omega that was the world champion last year at like fifty percent, even though he was still the best in the world. Yeah. We're getting Kenny Omega at a hundred percent, circa and New Japan Pro Wrestling yes. back in the. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. And and especially like in the middle of this crazy feud that they're building with Death Triangle, mm-hmm. you know, and like, how is this going to affect, like, I've already been speculating with, with, with Tyler, like, and other people that like, maybe Don Callis turns on Kenny Omega here yeah, and, and joins up with Osprey, that would you know, be cause like, cause like you figure Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay in his first match for Kenny back in quite some time. Like yes, yeah, some people drop. might assume that that Omega would beat Osprey for the title, but I don't think so at all. I think Osprey's going to beat Omega here, and yeah. really, like that's going to give him a big a big push. And maybe yeah. part of that is Don Callis costing him the the title. So that that's yeah. like because there's been teases of that. I feel like one hundred percent. And I I, yeah. I I also don't see Omega winning just because. Well, obviously his commitment is AEW. I can definitely potentially right. see him going back for one-offs. He doesn't need the NJPW no. US title right now. No. The IWGP US yeah, title. Yeah, right. he doesn't need it because well, back then it was just a WWE, and then you had and New Japan. I guess was the second biggest. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah at the time, yeah, doesn't need to go to New Japan anymore. Right, right. I mean, he can make these appearances for these big shows like yeah. this, and like, but he doesn't need to wrestle the G One. He doesn't need to win the IWGP title. It's kind of a been there, done that kind of thing for yeah. Kenny Omega at this point. So yeah, onwards and upwards to better things, like they say, carry on my wayward son. So yes, which we'll get in here to uh, yeah. now too, because like uh, uh, since we spoke, we had full gear and we haven't had a chance to to really talk about it yet. I haven't really had a chance to talk about it yet. Uh, I was at this show, as you can tell, my voice is a little a little uh, cut here. I mean, we, um, we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, but I, I just screamed for two hours watching the show. I screamed for five hours on Saturday, pretty much straight, screaming and booing the whole night and walking around the frozen tundra of New York City. Man, it was so fucking cold. This was like some of the the most brutal weather I've had to walk through. Just like taking the yeah. train, walking from the train to the Prudential Center was just like, oh, it's so fucking brutal. Well, I cold. I've heard New York winters suck. It, man, it gets so unbelievably cold. So I think I, I got a little... Yeah, so I think I, I got a little bit under the weather, maybe a little bit of a mild cold from that. And as you can tell, my voice is almost completely shot here. But definitely want to talk about this show. Uh, this Full Gear show I thought was was very, very good overall. Uh, there was some stuff that wasn't so good. 
there w- but most of it, I think, like the the good outweighed the bad. I think overall, you know, I think probably give it maybe like a seven and a half, eight out of ten. I'd say it was better than there. I think it might have been. Yeah, I mean, with all the punk drama and everything that happened, mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of overshadowed overshadowed some of the wrestling and some of the stuff that we got on that show. So this yeah. this definitely felt like a nice like return kind of pay per view mm-hmm. for for uh, AEW. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with the return of the elite, obviously, which we can get into and talk about it, but we should talk about the first match for sure, which I thought was, man, what a hot opener. Uh, we did actually, we, we won't really talk about the pre-show as much, but the June Akiyama and Eddie Kingston. Yeah. I was going to say how not being in the crowd for that. That was really, really special. You know, I, I, I made the extra effort and I went to Rampage the night before as well because I really wanted to see this Junior Akiyama, Eddie Kingston mm-hmm. uh, feud, really. And the, the, the tag match itself was kind of weird because it was like they weren't they never even really wrestled each other in the match. It was kind of like, what was even the point? But yeah, we, I, we didn't know at the time that they were building a match for the pay-per-view itself. But yeah. man, I thought these guys tore the house down for the pre-show and just the, the emotion. You could really see that. Yeah. This, this was like one of Eddie's big heroes and that he, he really poured himself out in this match for, the for only and, yeah. if like Dax or Cash wrestled Brett. Like right. you could see like the, the 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 emotion on Eddie's face at the end of the match, like you could that that's what makes it memorable for me because you can see he's crying, right? And yeah. he's just like, Thank you so very much. And then to, to yeah. see June get down and do the same thing to him, it was mm-hmm. like, okay. Right on. Like, it, it's one of those sure. good moments. Definitely. It, it was absolutely a great way to sort of yeah. open the show. And then the main card, of course, kicking off with the steel cage match between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And, man, this was a hell of a time. I think everybody kind of knew that Jungle Boy was going to do something crazy from the top of the cage. Um, and then after this match, he was talking about this at a press conference. This was heavily inspired by Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. I love that. Virgil. Like, yeah, and, I wanted to give uh, it to him. Um, yeah, and and Luchasaurus, he was saying that's like his favorite match of all time. So they did kind of a yeah. tribute to that there, where he does the big elbow elbow drop to Luchasaurus from the top. Yeah, of the cage. Love this match. Foley on Foley's pod last week said that he had talked to Jungle Boy. I don't know if you'd heard this. He said he had talked yes. to Jungle Boy prior about there's something he wants to see if he's going to do in the match, and he said he's not going to tell, but he wants to see what it is. And I, I kind of wonder if it's that elbow. Because it might have been. Yeah. It, it, it felt very Cactus Jack, and I'm not gonna lie. I thought he, la- I thought he would have hurt his hip the way he landed. Yeah, it did the landing out. itself. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you couldn't see it as much uh, like yeah. there live when he did, at least from where I was sitting. But then, like going back yeah. and looking at the replay, yeah, it, it wasn't like the cleanest landing. Yeah, no, he hit with the elbow and then immediately with the hip, and it pissed Jim Cornette mm-hmm. off that he went and went for the submission and one after he's like, yeah, fuck him. Who cares? Well, I kind of agree with him on this actually. <laughs> While it's yeah. nice that he submitted Luchasaurus, I do think that elbow drop should have been the pinfall. That's the only critique I have in that match. Right? Sure, I could, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. but, but uh, other in the, than in the same vein, it was pretty cool that he made him tap into right. But yeah, yeah. Other, other than that, though, I thought this was a really great oh, match. Crowd was super into it. Star making performance for Jungle Boy for sure. I heard well, some people Boy saying that Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Yes, good to add that in there as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I heard some people saying after this, like this, this, you know, it's, I think we're, we're nearly at the point where, jo- where, John, where Jack Perry should potentially be winning a title, Agreed. like a singles title. Cause I, I think this is, this was a step towards that direction. I don't know if maybe he's the guy to eventually dethrone MJF, 
I kind of been predicting that for a little Actually, bit. Actually, here's my thought on this. I would give him the All-Atlantic Championship and have him do what Pac does. Send him around to wrestle okay. and have him learn the ropes from around the world. That's what I would do. That's true. But the current champ is Orange Cassidy, and he's so freaking over oh, right yeah. now that like you could wait maybe a couple months. Maybe have some heel beat Orange Cassidy beforehand, and then Jungle Boy beats him. Um, I, I also wouldn't totally mind him beating... Samoa Joe for the TNT title. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that match. But you know, spoiler alert: we got a new TNT champion, Joey Two Belts. Yeah, that uh, would That could that could be another way for them to go with it. So, like, few different options for a potential mm -hmm. singles title for Jungle Boy here. So, I'm, I'm he's hopeful. got it. He's got the look. He's got the he's got the the ability. He's got the charisma. Yeah. Like he has it for sure. Just for like sure. his dad. So, Just like his dad. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, his dad so, must be smiling down on him that because, he, like I've, I said before, yeah. like Luke Perry was very much uh, in the corner of his son, uh, his wrestling career. There's there's a famous picture up there of Luke Perry in the rafters at an indie show cheering on his son. So it's like you know he's looking yeah. down. Yeah, good stuff there for that opener, and then of course we had probably the best match of of the night. Like the, this was just insane to be there live for this. Uh, it was the Death Triangle versus the Elite. We talked about it a little bit already. All sorts of craziness in this match. They they totally went balls to the wall here. But I before think we get that, to that, before we get to that, yeah. the entrance. It's going to go down as one of the EW's greatest entrances. Carry on my way with yes. son. Explain to me what it was like to be in the audience for that because that it it it, it left me in awe. I can't believe it left me. Yeah, in awe. it was incredible. Um. I do have a nitpick about it, though, which is I don't think we needed to announce that this was going to be the Elite ahead of time. I think they could have just had question marks on the graphic or whatever it was, uh, open challenge. You could have them cut the same promo, but just cut out the part where they put up the graphic and then the Elite appear on it. Like, we didn't need that. Everybody knew it was going to be the Elite. I think it would have made it even better. As awesome as it was, I think it would have made it even better to not yeah. – officially have it announced and then just here they come out and they come up to carry on my wayward son um that that's my only critique about this but man like yeah, it, just it was like interesting image just yeah oh my so God. The, the lights went out and I, I was actually really close to the entrance ramp my seats were kind of five rows up in that last section over in the why front, I, the first, like, I, I couldn't see you <laughs> yeah in the in the first kind of area even though i had a bright ass tight eye on it i did all my, all my best but yeah i was kind of way over to the uh to the far left i guess if you're if you're at, looking from the hard cam yeah, um, camera, the, left, yeah. camera left yeah so all the way there but um but i was kind of right in front so when you could see entrances and it was also kind of funny because like when people lose like every time someone loses a match they go out kind of through yeah. uh in through that that entrance whereas the winner will go up the ramp the losers will cut. So it was funny. Like people were like flipping off Sammy Guevara when he was coming through there. Naturally. A couple of moments where like people, people would go through and they would get a, a standing ovation, mostly just from that one section. So it was cool to kind of be a part of that mm -hmm. one section. But in terms of the elite, when they came out, the lights went all down. It's really kind of cool. Cause like on TV, you don't see anything when the lights go out, but in the no. arena, it's actually dim enough that you can kind of see like when house of black comes out, you can actually see them coming into the, you know, and going, oh, nice. the, and going into the ring. Um, but with this, it was like the three of them came out and immediately the crowd like lost their shit because it was the elite and they, they were back. And like kind of 
you know, they, they came up, but there was, it was the silhouette. You probably, when you were watching it, it was like silhouettes, but everybody could kind of see them. Yeah, it, it, was it, like, really... it was this massive pop. And, did uh, you go back and watch, watch it? I did. Yeah. I yeah. Did. Cause yeah, looking at it. Yeah. You like, you knew it was them because all you saw was the outline. It was basically like Indiana yeah. Jones first reveal. Like you knew who it was by the silhouette. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah so this was, this was insane. And, yeah, Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas. Like, what a great, great Which, song choice for this. Spoilers a little bit for Dynamite. I was actually surprised they used it again. Yeah. they yeah. they Someone asked Tony Khan about this at the press conference, mm -hmm. and uh, he said, yes, they are. the plans are for them to continue to use, to use this. Might Maybe not for, like, the Bucks or Kenny separately, yeah. but for the never. three of them together as the elite, yeah, the, their theme song will be... To be honest, I was never a fan of being the elite song. Like, it, it fit them when they were heels, but it, I never was a fan of the song. Yeah, and, and the, the the elite, the, the that that thing, it works for Brandon Cutler and it works for being the elite, but yeah, yeah like a real epic song is kind of what you need for, for yeah. these guys. Oh, God. Yeah, and then, yeah, just to see the Jacksons singing the song and the ring, like, it was, yeah. it was a special, there's a lot of special moments. At a full there moment. was on, on this show, yeah, yeah, for sure, and uh, really, really cool to be a part of it, but, yeah, this match was just totally balls to the wall insane, as you would kind of expect, but I think the finish was a bit unexpected, because we obviously oh, yeah. didn't know about the best of seven series yeah. uh, headed into this, and I think a lot of people figured, okay, Death Triangle is just kind of placeholder champions. They're already teasing dissension with them, like Phoenix not wanting to use the hammer and stuff like yeah. that. But then, but then he does. He actually <laughs> uses the hammer. Kenny Omega tries to put him in the one winged angel. Uh, he gets past the the hammer and sort of yeah. knocks him, even though it's right in front of the raft. The fucking raft right. is totally this blind. Part, who cares? Uh, was, yeah. <laughs> so I can, you can hear it on on camera on the thing, but I don't know if you heard in the arena pock after this. It's like you bastard, you bloody bastard, you did it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You gotta see him, right? him mouthing it, but yeah, uh, yeah. So, Beth Triangle retaining her title, and now we got this yeah. best of seven series coming up. And I, I gotta say, this is the way I would book it, especially after watching Dynamite tonight, which we'll talk about that match in a yeah. little bit. But I think they should book this like it's the 2004 Boston Red Sox. And as a Yankee fan, it pains me to say that. Yeah, they go down 3-0, and then they have to fight their way back and win the next four in a row. Yeah, spoiler you. alert, given that they're already down 2-0, I think it makes all the sense in the world for them to book it like that. Yeah, there, there was no way I could have seen them winning in Chicago tonight, but that well, explains yeah. what you said <laughs> it to me earlier. I, like, uh, I, historically, I'm a Yankees fan. Like, Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of their history and all that stuff. Big fan. But that two, that 0-4 Blues Red Sox team, like, I'm a huge fan of that team. I, I really am because they did the impossible. Yeah, no one had ever done that before, yeah. really, like in sports. I think it's happened in hockey, like in it the first round. Four times. Uh, Los Angeles Kings against the San Jose Sharks in the first round in 2014. Or that was in 2000. What year did Chicago win the first cup? Was it 09? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because, uh, uh, yeah, they beat – somebody beat Boston uh, down from 03. I think, it was, yeah, it was Philadelphia, the one who went to the finals that year. And then prior yeah. to that – it had been like 40 years. Uh, yeah, 2010. Okay, okay. Was the, was the first, uh, at least modern era cup for the yeah. Blackhawks. They won in 61, but yeah, that was yeah. the first one in quite some time. Yeah, no, the and last they went on yeah. like 40 years prior. Yeah, yeah. And then they went on that tear and they won like five cups over the next decade or something crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, man, so I, I really love this match. Uh, I, I thought it was was absolutely great. It's my probably my favorite match on the show, just given that it was their first 
match back in quite some time, and they they really didn't look like they missed a beat. Yeah, I, I I give it I give it that as well. And like I said to you before, I don't think it was the best match they had because I I think the best match is coming up. It's gonna be the final. It's gonna be the final. It could one. be. It could be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, looking at it from that perspective, yeah, sure. But uh, yeah. it was still pretty pretty awesome to be really with Chris yeah. at the time. Um, but yeah, I think the finish may be like confused and surprised a little, a little people a little mm-hmm. bit because we didn't know that it was like building this crazy best of seven series. Um, but it did kind of kill the crowd just a little bit. And then the crowd just died, absolutely died for the next match, which was Jade Cargill against Nyla Rose. And I think the less that we say about this, the better Jade Cargill won. She gets her belt back. So glad this feud is over. This sucked. I, I can't, I can't lie. This match was not good at all. Uh, crowd was absolutely no. dead for this. And again, time to There's move on. There's only two things I do want to shout out from this one. Jake Cargill Slundercast costume. That was awesome. The entrances two. were good. Yeah, I was gonna say two. Vicky Guerrero wearing the "I'm Your Mommy" T-shirt coming out on the low rider <laughs> because it's the 15th. Nice tribute to Eddie. Yeah, it's the 15th anniversary. Yeah. 2000. Yeah. Uh, no, more than that. 16th anniversary it was 2006. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been uh, this month. Oof. That's crazy. It doesn't seem like it. It really doesn't. It's one of those things that doesn't feel real, right? Like, it feels like Eddie Guerrero should still be alive and still be maybe even wrestling. Could you imagine having that guy as your Like, have that guy in AEW, have any anywhere? Like, oh man, yeah, return to to Mexico. Like, oh man, rest in peace. One of the great tragedies of wrestling history. Very, very much missed him and Brody. Yeah, him and Brody. You yeah. can tell, like, it, God, yeah. No, I, it, sometimes I forget just how much I miss Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, same here, man, for sure. Um, but uh, then we got uh, the Ring of Honor World Title match next, the four-way between Claudio, Danielson, this was fun. and Jericho. This was a great match, man. Yeah. Really, really fun. I think pick the crowd back up again after that last uh, crap fest. But um, I, I had a lot of fun with this match, and I think this was the match where somebody started a fight in the middle yes. of the crowd. Yeah, uh, I texted and, David in the middle of the show. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? He's like, what is going yeah, on? Out for a fight. <laughs> yeah, so there was one, one moment. The crowd was super into this match, but there's one moment where everybody's attention kind of shifted to yeah. the fight that was going on. Some fan tried to fight the guy behind him and was like going after him. Security had to just toss him. Um, and 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 props to the Prudential Center because I think their their staff was really good. Like, yeah. uh, surprisingly great for the, you know being in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> no effect, no offense to the, the people that live there, but more of offense to the, the state itself. Um, oh. <laughs> but, well, uh, but uh, stuff come from Jersey. I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they, they did a good job getting rid of this guy mm. pretty quick and then getting back to the match, which, uh, was certainly a lot of fun. Oh uh, yeah. Kinda, had spots. He, the, 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 yeah. Um, when Cesaro had Sammy in the giant swing, he comes out of nowhere and hits him with the Judas effect. It didn't land as well as you thought, but it was still pretty cool. And it then was very cool. And then the juice effect on I was it Cesaro who's doing the springboard? Yeah. 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 Oh. He's doing the, the giant swing to Sammy, the finish here, and then Jericho hit the hit the leaping Judas effect to pin him uh, yeah. to retain the title. And there there's also a couple other things I'd shout out in this match where like Danielson and Claudio kind of had a have a agreement that they're gonna they're gonna fight yeah. but fight respectively. But Guevara and Jericho is a little bit of a different story where it's like, oh, I don't know how they're going to react to this here. 
Um, but then eventually they do decide, okay, we'll, we'll come together for the sake of sports entertainment. But then, yeah, Jericho retaining the title, I think, as a lot of people figured he right. would. And then, and then uh, later it's announced that he's set up for a match with Ishii, which we'll yeah. talk about here in a, in a minute. Where I think he's going to drop it? The pay-per-view. Yeah? Well, it seems like they're setting up a match for him and Claudio for the pay-per-view. Do yeah. you feel like he's just going to lose it right back to Claudio? Or oh, Well, yeah, and I do think it's going to be then that we get the announcement. Hey, look, the Canucks just scored a tie. Um, it's going to be <laughs> – <laughs> sorry, I've got the hockey game bubble right in front of me. Um, no, Wednesday, uh, November 23rd, NHL box scores live on a Friday, everybody. Yep. Here we no, go. I, 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 <laughs> I think, honestly, at that pay-per-view, we're going to get the announcement of what's going to happen with ROH. I don't know. It's going to feel – I like hope so. Um, and if we get, if we get that announcement, then yes, I do see Jericho losing the title that night. Really? Because I, I would almost go the other way with it and say that Jericho would be a good marketing piece for Ring of Honor as a Ring of Honor champion to sort of give them that big launch. Right, but then you're now, going si- back similar to the with well. AEW. That's what I'm you're going back to the well. Yeah, but I don't know. I I I would be okay with Jericho being champ for a little bit longer because. Just solely based on the matches that he's been having, right? He's this this former beating all the former Ring of Honor champions gimmick, I've absolutely loved. And there's still quite a few names out there that he could wrestle uh, in some potential dream matches. Still got Again, Homicide out there, Chris Daniels. You know, there's a bunch of names. So. James Gibson's coming out of retirement. No, um, no, I was going to yeah, say right? like, <laughs> it, Nigel McGinnis. Yeah, yeah. It's curious because they're playing that up more in commentary as well because they are yeah. like they were talking a little bit again spoilers tonight. They're talking like Jericho could arguably be one of the greatest ring of honor champions because of what he's done in so many little time because like you said he's wrestled four um four uh, uh, ring of honor former champions and then all the matches he's had he's done a lot in a short amount of time so yeah mm. yeah so I, I would actually i would be okay with it e- yeah. either way they go i'd be cool right. with claudia claudia winning the belt back he would be a great represent re- representative to get roh sort of off the ground yeah but i would also be cool with jericho sort of holding on to it for a bit yeah later. this is another one where there's really no bad call yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk more about Jericho here in a little bit, but uh, we also had Soraya against Britt Baker, which is I another really tight match. Live because you could see the emotion on Soraya's face when she. Yes. Like, she, I'm surprised she didn't burst out into tears. Well, she did, but I'm saying I'm surprised it wasn't like crocodile tears. You know. I will say that it's great that she's back. Uh, it's it's awesome to see. I know she she's very very emotional for her to be back, as you can tell. Yeah. Uh, and you know, given that she hasn't hadn't wrestled in so long, and that at I one agree. point, like thought she was never going to wrestle again. Um, but I, I, I will know, say, I was going to say before you, you go on, I don't know if you guys covered this while I was gone, but Sasha Banks was the first person she told. Wow, I did not know that. that well, because cool. it was Sasha that that injured her, right? And yeah, one of those things yeah. that it's been weighing. It's been uh, it apparently was something that was affecting Sasha, so it's like yeah, uh, it sense it was the right call. That first person you tell, like that just because it was a, you really can't blame if you use that word either of them for what happened no. in that match. It was a, just a mistime, miscommunication spot that happens in pro wrestling. But it is a freak accident. Yeah, it, it is still something that I understandably could weigh heavy on on someone. So it's to, yeah, that to happen like that, right on like. Get that pressure. No, that's certainly very cool. But um, and and again, it's great to see Soraya back. Yeah. Um, I I, there are a lot of people out there that I think unfairly hate on Soraya. She gets go fuck yourselves. Yeah, I I I don't agree with these people hating her and and all this kind of stuff. Um, and but I will say that unfortunately, 
I don't think this match was very good. Uh, I thought that it, it was very sloppy in points. Mm-hmm. However, uh, and before I get like Brandy or somebody yelling and screaming at me for saying anything negative about Soraya, that's that's not what I'm doing. I, I think that you can absolutely, um, what's the word? You can excuse it because she hasn't wrestled right. for long. And it's going to take her some time to kind of get the feel for it again. And that's, I think this was a feel it out kind of match. Butterflies, all that stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah get, no, get it I'm, out of your I'm, system. I'm with you on that. I'm a little higher on the match myself. It, it went exactly okay. like I thought it would. Like it was a it was a good match, but I know they got better in them because of everything. Yes, you said. first match in five years, you could tell there was the nerves. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Britt was holding stuff back too because of the neck. Right, and right. There's a lot of factors, but I could see this being a feud that continues. Yes, and I could. I definitely could see them having banger matches. Soon. That's just the thing. I think maybe yeah. in a, like Revolution, by the time we get there. Yeah. Another Brit and Saray match could be absolutely awesome, especially yeah. if Saray gets some more matches uh, under her, her belt. Uh, up yeah, until that more point. you understand, though, it's not going to be a full time thing just yet. She's going to wrestle yeah. sporadically, which is good. You know, don't want to jump in right away, but it's like, it is nice to see her back. And big tribute to China with her ring gear. Yes, that was great. I did love her ring gear. It was yeah. really, really cool. Uh, there was just ring gear in general on this show. Like, Oh, top yeah. notch from everybody all around. Yeah. But um, I, I, the other sort of nitpick I had about this match um, is one that Brian Alvarez uh, pointed out, which is that that um, they could have had Soraya lose here. And I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you why. Uh, because th- you see this in wrestling, you know, I think more often in like New Japan than others, but like, like a Tanahashi or somebody coming back from not wrestling for a while after an injury, these guys coming back after an injury, and then losing their match, storyline-wise, it makes sense because they're not ready. Mm. They haven't wrestled in so long. It's you know, you could book it that way and effectively. And I feel like with the way they're going with potentially Britt and Jamie feuding for the title, that it maybe would have made a little bit more sense for Britt to get a win on the same night that Jamie gets a win. I, I just feel like you could have done it in a in a proper way where you could effectively have Soraya lose. And I know that like the rule of thumb is to have when these, you know, former AEW talent come in or sorry, former big WWE star talent come in. They don't lose their first match in AEW. But I think you could have made an exception here. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded at all if Britt had gotten the win over Soraya here. I wouldn't have as either, but Britt's going to get the win that ends the feud. Sure, sure. That yes, that's going to end the feud good because point. that's when we're probably going to get her versus Jamie Hader. Um, and it, to me, there was no other option. Like, yes, you're right. There could have been a way to get Brit to win this, but there was really no other option in my yeah, mind yeah. other than Surya winning. Like, it was just, it was a perfect storm. The comeback it, story. It, yeah, yeah, unintended. Yeah. Um. Then we also had the big meaty men slapping meat. Match next with uh, Hobbs, Wardlow, and Samoa Joe in a triple threat for the TNT title, not the uh, Ring of Honor title on the line here, which you certainly could have had the Ring of Honor title on the line here given the finish, which I think was a surprising finish where you, I thought, I thought Hobbs was going to win this match, but the way that he's been booked recently seems like he's been given a big push. But um, we had Wardlow doing the Powerbomb Symphony on Hobbs. 
But then because it's a triple threat and you can do whatever you want, there's no DQs. Samoa Joe gives him a little whacking in the back yeah. with the belt and then steals the pin by choking out Hobbs and winning the TNT title without no, Wardlow taking the pin. Yeah, I don't I don't think really anybody thought that Joe was going to win this match. I'm sure there's some people out there, but I think most people had either Hobbs winning or Wardlow retaining here. Yeah. So I think this was a surprising finish for sure. But this Joey Two Belts thing, we'll just have to see where it goes. Yeah, I, I, I don't think this hurts Hobbs. Because I don't think like, it hurts any of these guys. Powerbomb Symphony. Not many people get up from that and then get choked out by Samoa Joe. Like, uh, yeah. Right, right. And then right. you have the bit at the end where Joe and him kind of had like that nod of understanding. Like, who knows where that's going to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. That should, should be interesting. But yeah. Well, this is definitely one I think there's more I to this. highlight the freaking Wardlow spot. The whisper in the wind he did. I, oh, yeah. Oh, my that God. That was nuts. That and the Swanton where he almost slipped and killed himself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, he slipped on the rope. He came so close. To yeah, just and then out. that was scary. When you watch it, when he finally rotates, it's it's ridiculously late. You're like, holy crap! Yeah, oh. yeah that was that was a little scary to watch, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad that nobody got hurt there. Um, we then also had the no DQ match between Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett against Darby and Sting, which I, I feel like this should have been tornado tag because like they brawled for like seemingly forever all around the arena, and then they got in the ring, and they had to make tags. I was like, yeah. wait, what? They had to make tags in this match? But um, this match I thought was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really liked the finish where Darby uh, no-sells. He, he goes for the dive, uh, and then gets the chair shot straight Shots to the back. <laughs> oh, my God. And then just totally no-sells it, just springs back up. Well, but yeah, uh, you feel that Sting influence right there, because he even went right into the Sting's chops. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, but then eventually gets the coffin drop on Jay Lethal and picks yeah. up the win for him and Sting. Oh, also, freaking when he tried to do the coffin drop off the stage and Satnam Singh caught him. Oh, oh that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, that that happened right in front of me, but it was on no, the other side really? of the ramp. It, so you had I was kind of on the one side of the ramp, yeah. uh, obviously opposite the hard cam. The hard cam side is where they kind of did it. Uh, so yeah. he sets up the ladder and then he dives off it. But because Satnam Singh is so freaking tall, you could see him. Like for me, like where I was sitting, you could see this like little avatar almost of <laughs> Satnam Singh just grabbing Darby. Oh man, this, that guy uh, is so freaking tall. It, like, and you see him like up close, uh, you know, uh, in person, yeah. and he's se seemingly even taller. Like I just I don't understand the the physics of. So I, I had a moment like that years ago. Back to a little bit of hockey talk. So back when Tyler Myers was playing for the Buffalo Sabers when he first joined the league, I went to a game Buffalo in Vancouver, and I was I was on the Buffalo end against the glass, and to see you know Nathan Gerby right. Yes. To see him stand next to Tyler Myers, <laughs> close, <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, we then had Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm, uh, for yes. what we didn't know at the time, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but for the AEW women's title, it's no longer the AEW interim title. No. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this certainly the best of the three women's matches on the show. I thought this was a great match. Uh, these two going back and forth, so many crazy near falls in this match and the crowd, just yeah. absolutely so freaking into Jamie Hayter. And I am so unbelievably happy that they listened to the fans and they pulled mm -hmm. the trigger and they gave Jamie Hayter the belt because 
Jamie, like no disrespect to Tony Storm, who is is great and everything, but Jamie Hader is really feels like the biggest star in the women's mm-hmm. division right now. And I am just, again, she is going to be, I think, an awesome champion. I feel like there's going to be a feud with her and Britt that could be really, really epic. And uh, her potentially, like, beating Britt, you know, retaining the title against Britt, that's also to even just build onto her her legacy here. But I freaking love Jamie Hayter, and uh, this, this was really, really awesome. This is one of the big... Moments that felt really special on the well, show was, was having tell, the time. Tell, it, that came across on TV for sure. And kudos to Tony Storm. She sold that beating like a champ. Like, <laughs> yeah. like she got the, <laughs> like she was like out on her feet at points. Like it was very, very good job by Tony Storm making Jamie yeah. look like a million bucks. There was also a moment in the match where she kind of like falls out of the ring and kind of lands on the belt or near the belt. And I yeah. thought for a split second that Tony Storm was gonna grab the belt and whack. Jamie Hader with it, but yeah, and um, then boom, we get the, the stomp, and uh, it, it caught yeah. me by surprise. Yeah, and then you know, obviously the finish. There, there was some kind of interference stuff in this match, yeah. but it didn't affect the overall, you know, no, really. match or anything, or the the moment, the star making moment for Jamie Hader. Um, but I, I think fa- it's a little bit of fantasy booking here. I think what needs to happen next for Tony Storm is that she needs to not be on TV for quite a few weeks. And then she debuts with her husband, Juice Robinson, as a Bullet Club power couple taking over with the Bullet Club music and everything. Her and uh, Juice, a like a heel Bullet Club power couple oh, in AEW, I think would right be in. really awesome. He would fit right into that slot. Yeah, yeah. So come on, Tony, book it. She's a good baby face, but she's got that attitude where you look at her and you're like, she would make an even better heel. Yes. Yeah. And we haven't really seen that. Even when WWE, like she was always a baby face in NXT. Yeah. But I think, you know, she's a great baby face. They but tried she, in NXT, but it didn't quite work. Yeah. Uh, but, but she's, but yeah, she, she's got a she's sneer got the, about her, like a kind yes. of a, a, an attitude about her. You're just like, I could see, see her definitely playing this up and being a bitch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's what I want to see. I want to see heel Tony Storm. Me too. Now, out of this. yeah, yeah. Now that I mention it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we also had the acclaimed against Swerve in our glory. This is uh, a which fun is match. A, also a really really fun match with a whole bunch of stuff going on. No sign of Daddy Ass until uh, later in the match when Strickland tried to use the pliers and he comes yeah. out and makes the save. Uh, and then the finish. Of Keith Lee walking out on his partner. I think there's two ways you could go with this match. Either this or Keith Lee decides, ah, fuck it, and turns. And uh, yeah. you, know, you still could have had the acclaimed retained, but you could have gone with that. But I like this. I think this is the, the finish that I think made the most sense that a lot of people kind of expected to happen. Yeah. They've been teasing this dissension between these two for, for forever. It's and I think this is the beginning of what could potentially be a pretty epic feud between Swerve and, and I like how, how Keith Lee did it. He didn't knock his opponent down or anything. He just lifted him up. And right. Said, on your He's own. like, all right, see you later. Just walked away. Perfect. Yeah. And he was even at the, like, he slowly kind of made his way up the ramp. And even That's when the cool. acclaimed got the win and retained, he was, that it was at that moment that he was still like, he was at the top of the ramp yeah. and they retained their titles. And it was then, okay, he finally turns around and walks to the back. I, I thought so, I saw him at the top of the ramp. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he 
he was there up until the finish. And then once the finish happened, that's when he finally uh, went stuff. to the back. But really, really good stuff here. Uh, and then uh, we had the main event of MJF against John Moxley. And man, what a freaking massive babyface reaction this MJF got here in this match. And what a freaking heel reaction that Moxley got. And they certainly oh, played right. that in. They played into that throughout the match. Were you booing? And, uh, I was booing. Uh, maybe I'm kind of guilty that I haven't been booing. I figured booing it's Moxley more of a, a little thing, bit here. I was up. more so. I was more so cheering MJF because I feel like yeah. most of the crowd was too. It was like we want to yeah. see MJF win this title. Like it's <laughs> fine. It's time. Like this guy Gazunte. Uh, it is time for MJF. Yeah. We weren't sure if, if whether or not they were going to go full on babyface for hit with him. I think a lot of us predicted that it is no, it's MJF. There's something fishy with this. Is it going to be the firm? Is Stokely going to come out and give him a ring and he's going to knock Moxley out with a ring? But no, it, you know, I heard some people predict this idea. I was one of them. Not as many. I think you were one of them, Soda. Yeah. That uh, William Regal, the absolute snake. Uh, passes the the knucks, the brass knucks, as both the ref bump, another ref bump, ref bumps for eternity here in this match, but uh, passes Boy, the knucks. Wake him up! Yeah, <laughs> passes oh, the knucks to to MJF and and uh, knocks him knocks him for a loop, and then makes the ref stir, and the ref slowly yeah. counts the pin and gives MJF the win. But people didn't care. It wasn't like. Oh, suddenly, what the fuck? And then, boo, he's winning the title because it was a heel finish. No, nope. man. People just wanted to see MJF win this belt. And uh, what a moment. Again, yeah, it's, it's, giving, me, it's giving me chills just to, just remembering it, like being there live. This. Like, it made those, as much as I normally don't say this, it does make me wish I lived in the States. Only time you'll ever hear me say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it's this is a great pairing. This is Triple H, Ric Flair in O. Three oh two. This is CM Punk Paul Heyman. These are guys that don't need managers, but you put them with the right person, and you're gonna make gangbuster monies. MJF and William Regal, the devil and his father, like they're gonna have so much fun being the ultimate heels. Because let's just go into it. See, uh, not CM Punk, MJF at the scrum just cut a heel promo for the ages. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, point, I agree with all point, that. In Cornette of all people at the end. Thank you. <laughs> really, really good stuff here. I'm getting so excited that I think I might be getting noise complaints. So I apologize to my neighbors here, but um, so I, we'll, we'll, we'll see if I get a knock on my door here in a second, but um, I, I hear some muttering going on. So I'm like, Unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, this was crazy. And then some stuff that you didn't see on TV mm. um, a, after the finish, uh, as of course, MJF full on heel now again at this point, but uh, he went after Tony Schiavone after this and oh, really? like, tossed threw water at him. He like grabbed the water off the table and like drank it, and then was like tossed it at Schiavone, and, like shoved him, and like got into a shoving match with Tony Schiavone, and that kind of happened. I don't think many people. I would love to see this. Regal's like beat the shit out of everybody except for him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's off the limits. Uh, I think uh, not many people saw that moment as much because that was kind, that of, kind of at the same time. The, the other sort of dark segment thing that happened was that you had Wheeler, Yuta, Claudio, and mm. Danielson all come out and kind of, 
Yeah, help like help Moxley sort of back on his feet, and they're all just kind of like, "What the fuck just happened?" Mm-hmm. Was was sort of the the aftermath of that. But yeah, man, I thought this was a really really good show. I guess not talking about it again. I, I gave it like an eight out of ten rating before we went in. I don't know. It might be more like an eight and a half. Yeah, out of 10. like went over it. Yeah, it, there's a lot of great stuff. It I wouldn't say good stuff. Pay per view of the year. I still would give that to Revolution. I might give that to Forbidden Door, honestly. Oh yeah, that's right, Forbidden Door. Okay, I would put this in at number three uh, uh, this year. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I think Forbidden Door. Um, We're not counting WWE because they've actually had some really yeah. good pay per view. No, this is just year, AEW. But, um, yeah. yeah, Forbidden Door for sure. Uh, Revolution right afterwards because the, the fucking MJF Punk chain match. It's my favorite match of the year. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah, in this one, so yeah, it was a good card. Good match. Good show. Yeah, it, it was really really good. Uh, I man, I'm just. I don't want to make you jealous, Soda, but it's just something else being there for this. Uh, one of these yeah. days, well, one of these days, we'll have to drag you to it somehow. Get you over one here. For one we'll, of these we'll just, I'll just have to make more money. Make right, more money. <laughs> both of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, because no, that, that is the that is the the bummer about up here. Like we don't have much independent wrestling or anything like that. If I want to go see like a WWE house show, I got to go to Vancouver, Calgary, or Edmonton, which is Vancouver is an eighteen hour drive. Same in Calgary and Edmonton is about sixteen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've only been to one WWE show in my life, and that was all wow. the way back. That was the go home show for Bragging Rights 2010. The the program that Cena was doing with the Nexus, where he uh, mm-hmm. he was their um, slave or whatever. That's the only show I've ever been to. Was that raw? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And the beauty about it was, I was in Calgary, so I was lucky. I got to see Brett the Hitman Hart come out and manage Natalia. Yeah. Was, Natalia was the champion. He came out and managed that night. And I'm just like. well tony khan was sort of discussing about plans for 2023 and he's he's mentioned canada a few times as a market that he wants to explore a little more it sounds like probably montreal is next on the on the yeah vancouver man is 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 an untapped wrestling market yeah it's a dry it's a dry like market that i think could be really i think a, a vancouver edmonton uh, tour there, would be really smart for AEW. There's only been one WWE pay-per-view in Vancouver. Wow. wow. Rock Autumn from December 1998. I actually, now that I think about it more, I think it honestly, they, they could, they should do like a Vancouver, Edmonton and um, Winnipeg. Vancouver? And which one, sorry? Winnipeg? Winnipeg. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do, yeah. That's do Kenny Winnipeg. Omega's. Right. Hometown. Yeah, that actually would do. So, Kenny Omega, um, and of course, Callus is is from there as well. Yeah, um, Jericho synonymous with Jericho, him. of course. Yeah, um, they, they'll probably throw in so, Calgary in there if they do it. But it's AW. It's probably going to be East Coast, just like WWE. Yeah. Uh, another thing to note from the the press conference here that the post media scrum that everybody was like, "Oh God, remember what happened at the last post media scrum?" They kind of they did a little. A riff on that a bit. MJF came out and, and yeah. just cut a just an absolute freaking hell of a heel promo. Yeah. Jungle uh, Boy just, eating pancakes. <laughs> yeah, Jungle Boy eating pancakes. There was the, the the press conference was was worth watching. Not as eventful as the last one, obviously, but there was. I don't think anything was eventful the last one. No, no, <laughs> unless somebody like actually murders somebody uh, on camera. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, um, but yeah, we can sort of move on here. I know we've, we've gone for a little while here already, but I uh, wanted to talk about the Dynamite show that we got uh, yeah. on Wednesday as well. 
And there's a couple little things from Rampage that we'll talk about as well. Not as much because uh, we haven't it hasn't aired at the time of, of taping this. Unfortunately, some bad news coming out of Rampage. But yeah, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But uh, we did have the show kicking off with William Regal cutting a, a, a promo and then Moxley coming out and sort of confronting him and Danielson coming out to sort of be like, no, you like as much as you might be heated to this guy, it's William Regal. He's, he's, he's an old man. He's had all these injuries like with his neck and everything. Like you do not want to attack this guy. This is the guy that, you know, uh, helped me with my relationship with my father. And like some of these other really heartfelt things is as dastardly as a thing that he just did uh, is it's not worth you know, going at him here. You've made mistakes. Even I've made mistakes. Yeah. So good promo here to sort of well, to kick off the show. Was the end. Was the Lion King moment. Right. <laughs> Run. Run right now. Don't look back. Yeah. That yeah, Simba telling Scar, leave. <laughs> it was effective and it was great because the way that, yeah, like Regal's going to listen to that and yeah. he can oh, actually yeah. walk away. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell uh, Mox I, like you can tell he's literally holding on, trying not to kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the other thing he says, because it it certainly seems like Regal is going to manage MJF here, um, mm. and he he says like because it was promoted that MJF was going to be on the show ahead of time, but he's yeah. like MJF is not here tonight. He does the Paul Heyman kind of thing, uh, and uh, says that MJF will be cutting the promo next week. Yeah, because so. he's filming the movie, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah that might that very well could be. Yeah, he said he's. Getting on a plane and going to a movie set at the press conference. So. That movie, I'm the more that's coming out about that movie, I'm getting more and more. I was excited to begin with because it's a great story. It's a tragic yeah. story, but it's a great wrestling story. But they see who they're bringing in. It's like this is going to be good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm curious uh, to see who they're going to cast as the Freebirds. Yeah, yeah, that should should be interesting. Oh. Zach Efron uh, as, as as Kevin Von Erich, dude. Yeah, did you see the pictures? I have. I've seen some of the, the promos that they've released. He, he, Zach Efron is unrecognizable, basically. Right. Yeah, so. he, he basically got bigger and he got the the choir, the Dutch boy haircut. And I believe MJF is playing Lance Von Eric. Yeah, so I that's, that's really announced it. Yeah, we were talking about it. Like when I when they yeah. announced it, it was like he's got to play Gino. Like Gino was the was the, the great heel of that territory, but then no, he plays Lance yeah. Von Eric. I'm like, okay, he loves loves look like Lance. I can see that. Which I know Meltzer was like complaining about that being totally miscast, but I my argument is that MJF is done. We haven't really seen him act, but yeah. he's so fucking great, like just in general, that I think he could kind of pull off anything at this point. Yeah, and, and the Lance von Eric stuff is only like a little bit of their story, so it makes sense to cast him in a not so big role. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we did get a little bit with Keith Lee and Swerve backstage, uh, mm -hmm. just a brief thing. We kind of already talked about that. Um, then our first match of the night was Orange Cassidy against Jake Hager, uh, of, of all people. And this was so much freaking fun, man. Uh, favorite, this, moment match, favorite moment of the match is the stuff is when uh, Orange Cassidy knocked off the half of the first time and he got that, like, yes. look at his eyes. Great stuff. <laughs> it's like, kind shit. of funny. Like, me and, me and Tyler were talking about this when we were watching it, where it's kind of like um orange cassidy is you know he's still got the gimmick with the hands in the pockets and the, the lazy kicks and everything but he's he's almost more of like a serious fighting babyface champion right now than he's ever been <laughs> and hager is almost more of a comedy gimmick than he's ever been in his career you know what i'm so, doing it so this ended up being the most fun jake hager match that i've ever what? seen 
while also being maybe one of the more serious Orange Cassidy matches that I've ever oh, seen. Wow. That makes sense. It's set up a match. It's basically the interview. It's like literally he just slides right into view. And yeah, like <laughs> anybody who's like, I like the hat, by the way. <laughs> nice hat. Yeah, for sure. But then, of course, Orange Cassidy retaining the title uh, with the orange punches, uh, or as I think Taz Point called them, the purple punches. Um, the Taz was just out of control on commentary yeah, of this show. Was, like, oh, my God. I, lo- I love Taz. It off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we got QT Marshall and the Nightmare Factory, and then all of a sudden the lights go, Let's go out. And I th- thought for sure that this was going to be like, who's it going to be? Oh my God, who's it going to be? And then the lights come up, and it's Danhausen. But of course, oh, Evil Housen. Evil Housen, yes. Yeah, but no, um, instead it's the fucking House of Black. Like that image is really a heart on the stage. Like, the, oh. <laughs> oh, I know. Give me chills, man. Is thinking about it. Did Aleister Black look bigger? He like he might have bulked up a little bit. Yeah, he, did. he, he like had a little bit more muscle going on. Yeah, I almost he wasn't wearing it just because he wasn't wearing a shirt. But yeah, he looked like he got into some great shape on his time. I wouldn't be surprised if he spent the the last two months almost entirely in the gym. That would not yeah. shock me one bit. <laughs> it's, it's good to see them back. Even the crowd was it like, "Really, really is welcome yeah. back." I just love House of Black rise, and I'm like, "Oh, dear Lord!" And then they leave. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, this Chicago crowd, very, very interesting. We'll talk a little bit more of that yeah. about them here in a bit. Uh, brief recap of the cage match from Full Gear, and then we had Ricky Starks versus Ethan Page, uh, which, you know, the, obviously the story of the match is that Starks has had to go through these big yeah. monsters. He's all taped up. He's all fucked up. He's getting beat down on most of the match, but then makes a big comeback at the end, hits the Spears, uh, and and gets the win over Ethan Page, which I'm so happy about this. I think that, man, this is so much potential for the next few weeks for a promo yeah. battle between Ricky Starks and MJF. Because obviously the winner, Ricky Starks and MJF, that's the main event for Winter's yeah. Coming. Unless MJF goes, no, fuck you, I'm not defending the belt. Uh, which could think very well could do that and then just you know postpone it. But I think yeah. AEW doesn't really book things and, and advertise them and then not deliver, even with kayfabe things. Like Tony Khan is... I think his philosophy is very much against that. So right. I think there's Page versus MJF because I, to be honest, up until the the, the heel promo, I thought oh, it was 100 Page that was going to win. Yeah, and I think a lot of people did. Yeah, but I I honestly was thinking more that Ricky Starks was going to win just the way that they booked. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he he might be out of the term, he might be hurt because uh, Lance Archer kept attacking him, and then he right. has to fight through and get that win, and, and then he has to fight the next day watch, and get him. I haven't been able to watch yeah. the last couple weeks because I've been with I basically had rehearsals all day every day last the last two weeks, so I missed a lot of AEW, and so I, I I'd heard about it, but I didn't quite wasn't familiar with what's going on. But it does make yeah. sense when you go in hindsight; they're building him up to be the sympathetic babyface against him. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And man, just the the freaking promos that these two could cut a, a, against each other. You know, a lot of people have pointed out that MJF, Ricky Starks, two of really the big stars of the mm-hmm. future of this company. And now mm-hmm. MJF really solidifying himself as like maybe the top star, maybe in all of pro wrestling. I mean, arguably not because yeah. you got Roman and, and out there. But... Is with MJF as champ, if we're going to get a new batch of challenges instead of the same old people. I think so. But I also think that you're not going to see him defend this title very often. No. It's going to be kind of a Brock Lesnar kind of thing. I think right. Yes, he'll have the match at Winters coming against Ricky Starks, but then you won't see him defend the belt again until Revolution, which is like which is, three months from now. It's MJF in general. <laughs> which it's, I'm totally fine with that. Because yeah, again, it's like... What, less than 10 matches this year? 
Yeah, and MJF, like, you know, uh, I think, it, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world for him to not defend. And it almost makes it more special when mm-hmm. he does defend the belt because it's like yeah. we get to see MJF wrestle. Like, he doesn't wrestle very often, and that's part of the allure of him mm-hmm. and what makes him so great. Did you forget he's actually really talented in the ring? He's well. really fucking good in the ring. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I, I think uh, you won't see him wrestle very often as champ, and I think for sure this is building to an angle where these, he keeps mentioning the great bidding war of 2024. January 1st, 2024, technically his contract is up. I don't know if breaking kayfabe here for a second, if maybe he's already signed an extension with AEW till like 2026 or something. I kind of feel like he has, but you could totally play it off where he's threatening to hijack. He's threatening to take the belt with him to WWE, similar to what they did with 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh man. Can't do this storyline with punk. Stick it to him by doing what he did, but better. Exactly. exactly. And, and what Punk did is going to be hard to top because that is one of the most memorable things of the last 20 years in WWE. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of speaking of CM Punk, uh, we were, were in Chicago. Eh, we don't need to talk about the Jade Cargill Bow Wow stuff. We'll just brush past that. What uh, stuff? <laughs> I must have missed that because I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, we'll talk about Death Triangle versus the Elite 2. Yeah, two of seven here. Um, and man, the elite come out and they got the most massive pop at full gear. And the crowd was so freaking into them uh, to the point where they were, we were chanting, fuck CM Punk, which is like maybe the loudest and most yep. hardest I've ever chanted for anything in my life at a wrestling show. Oh, sure, maybe really? that's what blew out my voice was chanting, maybe. fuck CM Punk. CM Punk my <laughs> yes, but obviously being in Chicago... Brian Alvarez is bringing this up. He's like, how is this crowd going to react to this? Well, yeah. They were booed was so one loudly. One of the Jacks was like, oh, Chicago's sure going to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, man, they this was really like, a, a, you know, this was so different from the match they had full gear. Like, full gear, it was all about, like, they're back and they're having this awesome match. This was all about trolling CM Punk. Oh, and did they ever? Holy shit. (laughs) Kenny Omega doing that at one point. You had Nick Jackson doing the the sit-down spot at one point. Didn't one of them make fun of the fact that he didn't land the buckshot? Yeah. Yeah, you had, uh, obviously, the big one, Kenny Omega, him, they go to sleep. Yeah, that was the finish. He goes to, looks like he's going to hit Pac with the the one-winged angel. But he hits him with the go to sleep. Yeah, and man, great. this got some got some heat from the crowd. It's funny because it seemed like it was maybe 80, 20% uh fans that were pro CM Punk or anti yeah. It was more you didn't really hear as many CM Punk chants. It was more like fuck the elite or them booing the elite. It was more like them wanting to, you know, and, and Tyler brought up a good point as well that like these guys are so great at getting heat when they want to. Yeah. Like people just love to boo the elite. Like it's yeah. just like kind of in their nature. It all started with the bullet club. Yeah. They're good. You at know? And yeah, they're people. so good. It's like, um, yeah, no, it, it's one of those. I'm actually surprised we didn't hear the CM Punk chant, but it yeah, just not as loud show as that maybe the wrestling fans after all out kind of aren't for punk anymore. I think a lot of fans that were CM Punk fans have soured on Punk after all this shit has gone. I wouldn't say I've myself soured on included. Punk, I've soured on Phil Brooks. 
Yes. Yes. Because, like, really, the character CM Punk did nothing right. wrong. Yeah. Like, like, had the big moment. He won the belt in Chicago. Great. Here comes MJF. But yeah. it's what happened after when he's Phil Brooks at the press conference, like, throwing yeah. a fit, yeah. you know, um, that really sours us on on the man itself, which is, is too bad because it should be the other way around. You should hate the character Not and the man, appreciate yeah. the person. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I'm not going to burn my CM Punk shirt, but it's it's I I don't like right. the same way anymore. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but uh, at the same time, this match was awesome, and yeah, it was good. Uh, Very good. and they they're still playing into the these guys having to use the hammer. Uh, yeah, to get the win and very reluctantly because like, Pento shoved Phoenix tonight. Because yeah, it was, it was Ray that used the hammer on Sunday, and it was Penta that used it tonight. Yeah, so they're still kind of teasing the dissension between that group at the same time that they're doing this, what I'm hoping, booking this like the 2004 Boston Red Sox where they go down 3-0 because they keep getting hit with that fucking hammer. And if you yeah. notice, Kenny Omega got hit with the hammer in the first match and got the pin. I believe it was Matt Jackson here uh, taking the no, pin. No, it was Kenny again, I think. No, it was, uh, it was Matt. It's Matt well, wasn't Jackson. it right after the GTS? No. Yeah, because Matt, the GTS thing happened. That spot happens. Yeah, um, but the, but the Matt, young guys were outside the ring. Yeah, but they came back in. Matt hit the tag and then hit the low blow on Pat. Oh, okay. And then uh, gets hit, handed the hammer by Brandon Cutler and looks like he's going to use it. But then Penta appeared with another hammer behind him and then whacked him and then uh, well, gave well, Pat the pin. This match is when my parents decided to visit and my dad decided to stand in front of the TV. So there was of stuff course. <laughs> Of course. Like, oh, you're watching wrestling? I'm like, yeah, no shit, Dad. Oh, you're watching watching the, the match that's maybe the most important one of the show. All right, yeah, my, my dad, to be honest, <laughs> does not know who is in AEW. Like, he barely. He, he sometimes the way he talks is like, "Are you sure you think this? Don't think this is real?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I know the way we talk about it. It's like, it's, yeah, in real life, just getting like, hey, no shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but good, good stuff here. And then, yeah, as we talked about, the elite are down 2-0 in this best of seven series. They're going to have to really fight back here. Yeah, but um, we then had the big announcement, very newsworthy announcement, that uh, Renee Paquette comes out and announces yeah. that they've made a decision that Thunder Rosa not being able to sort of come back in time to properly defend that belt, uh, and so they have declared that the interim title that's been recognized as the interim title the past few months is now officially the AW Women's Title. Thank so, you. yes, I'm very very happy with this, and I also hope that it sets a trend to get rid of this interim title concept because yeah. it just feels like such a, I don't know, like a crutch almost that AEW has to stand on. It was I think it fine makes... at first, but yeah. it's been happening so much lately so that often, the model yeah. worn off. And I think, with again, the situation with Punk and now here with, yeah. with the Thunder Rosa thing, I think that they should get rid of it and sort of institute, institute a new rule where it's like if the champ – is days. forced to relinquish the title, they then get an automatic re not 30 days, but they then get an automatic rematch when they get back. Because AEW doesn't have automatic rematches. And I feel like this is the one case where you could have an automatic rematch. If a champion gets hurt, they can't mm -hmm. properly defend their title. They have to relinquish the title. And then once they're able to come back, if they ever come back, obviously Punk's probably never going to come back. No. Thunder Rosa mm -hmm. will come back at some point, and I feel like she's deserved a title shot. 100%. But the announcement was the second half of this that actually occurred during the match where they said because Thunder Rosa relinquished the title retroactively, that means 
Tony Storm is officially an AEW Women's Champion. I was like, thank yes. you. Like, that yeah. sucked for her. Yeah, that, that would have. I saw people when they made the announcement online be like, oh, Tony got screwed. In yeah, I was thinking the same but... thing, too. I was like, well, what does that mean for Tony? And then they made the announcement. I'm like, yeah. okay, they did right. Yes, yes. I'm very, very happy with this. Um, we, we did have a, a little bit of a, a tag match here. It was a, a kind of random. Jamie Hader versus and Jamie Hader and Britt Baker versus Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. Last night, apparently. Oh, okay. Versus Ty Mello and Anna J. It's funny that you mentioned that because I didn't watch Dark last night because I was at yeah. the show, so yeah. I was like, I didn't, like, but I didn't think it mattered. But I guess sometimes they will put segments yeah. and things in there that play into Dynamite. So yeah, I, and I guess I missed a couple of those. Nightingale coming down to save Sky Blue against I, 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 I can't remember who they were she faced last night, but. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but the one again, little complaint I'll have here is that the crowd was really dead for this and they put it in the, yeah. the, the women always getting put in the death slot. Like, stop it. Like, I put agree. them earlier in the show and have multiple women's matches too. I don't get why they only have, to, they are only allowed one women's match a show. Like, I want to yeah. see multiple women's matches. You think 2022 would have gone past that? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, well, just a, a, another critique of, of AEW here, but. Yeah. Um, we then had FTR and Top Flight setting up a match for Rampage backstage. Which I, look, which I was looking forward to. I was looking forward to. However, we will get into a couple little Rampage spoilers at the end, uh, just yeah. so give, give people a chance. I'll put the time code in there if you want to tune out uh, or just skip forward. Yeah. But um, well, we also had the uh, acclaim coming out uh, for a promo and for a, a scissoring party with Daddy Ass, who is now – as his hands cleared, I guess. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're then is when he kicks them off the screen. He's like, "Cause I still have that kind of pull." I was like, <laughs> right. <laughs> so of course, Jeff Jarrett and company interrupting the promo here, and he's just like, "Get this guy off my screen." TNA sucks. I can't believe people were chanting that. People were chanting TNA at Full Gear, and for this Chicago crowd, because it was it felt like almost a reverse of the Full Gear it was crowd. Like Canada, bizarre world. Yeah, at times. Uh, they were chanting TNA sucks uh, during this promo, but um, I, I was kind of hoping the full gear match, that would be the end of Jeff Jarrett on TV for a little bit. Um, but uh, whatever, I, maybe, maybe it's him and uh, lethal, even though they lost at full gear against the acclaim, they're not going to beat the acclaimed. It's could be a fun match. Fine. Yeah, well, or you could have Jared against, lethal, but I could definitely he, see it being Jared versus Billy Gunn. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Jarrett and Billy Gunn would, would be fine, even yeah, though it's... I'd be fine with because I don't think I've ever seen them wrestle outside of the tag matches. They may not have. Maybe somewhere along the lines back Well, I mean, like WWE, they were there around the same time, but I honestly don't remember if they ever had a singles match. Because they were in a singles match. Plenty yeah, of tag they, matches, sure. Yeah, probably because uh, because Jared and Owen were at one point the tag champs in early 1994 before Owen unfortunately passed away. So they had to face... Actually, no. The New Age Outlaws were... At, were doing their own thing at that time, so I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't think they've ever faced off singles. I don't think they have. So that that could be an interesting match, even though it is almost twenty twenty three, and the thought of you know Jeff what? Jarrett versus Billy Gunn you know in twenty twenty three still look great. Both men can still work. Jarrett's yeah. still great at getting heel work. Jarrett you know, looked great in that tag match. Yeah, he, he's yeah, he's he's. And I just love that he's using slap nuts again because that's yeah. the one. That's my one critique I have about his. Um, WWE run was the double yeah. J his, return of double J gimmick. His no, no, recent no. WWE, yeah, his recent one. Yeah. It should, it should, he should have come back with his his his, his uh, you know, listen, gimmick, basically. yeah, yeah, 
I digress. So yeah, well, we'll put over Jeff Jarrett on this show, everybody. Apologize to to those. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, I respect. But Jeff for Jarrett. real, yeah, yeah I, I like the guy. I, I when he came out to his entrance, was getting booed at full gear. I stood up and gave him applause. Yeah. you know, he deserves it at this point. He's good at what he does. Yeah, for sure. Speaking about being good at what you do, we had Jericho against Ishii next, and I think this is an easy match to summarize. In that they beat the shit out of each other for 15 minutes in the middle. To, to the point that Jericho's boobs were bleeding. <laughs> yes. His chest was gushing blood like freaking Rambo and Rambo 3 or yeah. something. And I don't know how that happened because, like, obviously they chopped the shit out of it. The, the match, like, you can summarize it by chop, 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 elbow, 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 yeah. elbow, chop, 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 slap, 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 slap. It was basically like the entire match. It must have happened. What's that? It must have happened in the commercial break because I don't remember Jericho bleeding yeah. going into it. I, I think if I make a guess here, um, I haven't obviously we're taping this before like the Brian and Dave show or any other kind of reports that come out about this. But I think what happened was he had that necklace on, mm. um, that little cross necklace. And then later oh. in the match, you see that he doesn't have it on. But I think Ishii was just chopping him so fucking hard that at one point he chopped him and it like cut his, his chest. Uh, just just initially from just watching the match, that seems like what might have been the case. But, man, this match was so fucking awesome. I fucking love Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah. I love that they kept – at one point they kept going for all their signature moves, but they kept countering it or, or avoiding it. Uh, but then by the end of it, uh, Jericho hits the, the, the lion salt. He hits the code breaker. Yeah. And still, Ishii kicks out, and it takes him putting him in the lion tamer. And so much of the fact that Ishii taps out, but he taps out with a middle finger. I've never seen this ever happen in wrestling before, where somebody taps out with a middle finger. Yeah. Fucking awesome, man. Yeah, it was, was coming off the crowd. It was, it was great stuff. Great way to end the yeah. match. Oh. Yeah, this this match absolutely ruled. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of matches, I think, in consideration for match and moment of the week, which we'll get to here in a second. Yeah, uh, this this was one of them for sure. I don't even know if we can even declare something match of the week this week or moment of the week. There's so much yeah, that happened. Many like I'm like I'm even thinking about WWE and there was some decent moments. It was one of the lesser shows, but um, yeah, no AEW just knocked it out of the park this week. They really did. This this feels feels like a return to form. Right now, they over for the most part. And, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and it, it definitely like I think that a lot of that has to do with the return of the, the elite. I think they are such a massive part of keeping this company together. Which did you know that they were backstage when Colt Cabana was wrestling? Yes. Yes. I don't know I, I, uh, being the elite. Being the I elite this that. week, they went in and talked about the fact that they've been around for the last yeah. like four weeks. They just haven't seen him obviously wrestle. And they're yeah. still EVPs. That was another thing. Somebody asked Tony Khan at the press conference. Uh, what their status was with the company, and he confirmed that yes, they are back into their EVP roles. So I think a lot of behind the scenes stuff, and so they they've sort of been around and and uh, been sort of doing the resuming those those duties and those roles. But um, yeah, man, it does feel like AEW is kind of back, if you would. And um, you know, another thing, which this is kind of a longer conversation for a different time, but. I really firmly believe that you've seen a lot of problems with AEW this year, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's been a rough year for the company. 
a lot of that started when Cody Rhodes left. And I feel like Cody Rhodes was a mass, much more bigger part of the company than huh. we even realized. I never and I just, I just thought of this recently, like after all this drama and everything over the last like couple weeks leading up to full gear, I mean, wow. Like Cody was really vital in, mm -hmm. I think, keeping the, the company together. And like, I don't know how all this punk and MJF and elite stuff would have all played out if Cody was still around. And we kind of at the time were like, ah, yeah, they'll be fine without him kind of thing. But I really feel like a lot of the stuff maybe stems from his departure in yeah. a way that I didn't even really think about. On screen, they're fine. On screen, they're yes. good Cody. Yes, 100%. But yeah, you're right. Because all the weird Cody versus booking stuff aside, him and his that. role in really like forming AEW and building yeah. the company was, I think, bigger and more vital than we even realized. And he know? was primarily the face of the EVPs. And he was the face of the company at the beginning, really. Like early early AEW, like Cody yeah. was kind of the biggest star. So it's an interesting conversation to, to sort of think about and talk about. But I'll sort of leave that as, as it is. Uh, well, obviously, we haven't seen Rampage yet because uh, uh, they were taping this before it aired, but it has aired once this episode is dropping at a very odd time on Black Friday at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Eastern. So, which means when I get home for lunch, I'll be able to watch Rampage. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, we can at least go through the card for the show. It yep. doesn't seem like a very, uh, this is like kind of another one of these lackluster sort of afterthought episodes of Rampage. And the Butcher, Blade, and Roosh taking on. Yeah, but Butcher, Blade, and Rouge taking on Dark Order. You have Hikaru Shida, I guess, probably beating up a jobber. Uh, Darby Allen versus Anthony Henry, uh, which is kind of a weird one. And then FTR against Top Flight, which was set up behind the scenes. So uh, I will give you guys the warning here. We will talk about one Rampage spoiler that has since come out at the time, which well, unfortunately... Countdown, hold on. So countdown in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Five, four, three, two, one. Now's we're going to talk spoilers. That was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there. But yes, unfortunately, it looks like poor Dante Martin has suffered a injury during the okay. match with FTR again. And man, it's just what is going on here with Top Flight? They are cursed. Anytime they get back together, one of them gets hurt. Darius Martin has been the guy that's been hurt recently. Uh, he went out, they were back for like two weeks. And then he comes back uh, and is there for another two weeks and then gets in a car crash and is out for months and months and months, comes back. They're together again for what a week, two weeks. And now Dante Martin is hurt. So yeah. man, I hate to report on these kinds of things, these types of injuries. Maybe it's not as severe. Like by, by the time this airs, maybe we'll get another more extensive report yeah. on it. Yeah. But man, it just sucks. No, I just the, the report coming out of the show is that he suffered an injury during the match with FTR. We don't really have any other details up to this okay. point. Yeah, I wonder so, if uh, it's on social media. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll check the Observer here real quick. But um, let's see. We got Rampage. Yeah, not not uh, nothing specific yet. But um, it's just one of those things where I think all we can say is, like, fingers crossed. I'm so used was, to Dante being the one, uh, Darius being the one injured. I actually just looked for Darius. Don Darius, you yeah, Dar <laughs> you search for Darius Martin uh, injury. Uh, yeah, let's see. So, this is a report from July, his last injury that he had. 
But yeah, nothing, nothing uh, too concrete yet about the injury that just happened. So. Yeah, there's a there's a picture like clearly they stopped the match. It was taken by somebody. Oh, they they but, threw out the X. Yeah. Um, no, this is already happening. The attendants are already attending to him. FTRs in the ring, like keeping guards. So okay, um, yeah, I don't see anything on what happened, but okay. uh, yeah. So we'll find out uh, once we watch the show. But man, that just sucks. Like these poor kids. Like, they're just kids too. They're like you know they're in their early twenties. It just sucks. Know. They keep keep getting hurt. And it's like you know they seem like the tag team of the future. And it's just like injury after injury after injury already. This early on in their career, yeah. it's just like man, healing vibes. That's all I can say. Pretty much. Yeah. But uh, let's move on here and sort of wrap up the show because. Uh, we uh, we haven't gone a little bit long, but uh, we will give our match and moment of the week, and it's it's a tough one for me, man. We had a lot, a lot of really great matches. I think for me personally, uh, from somebody who was at the show, I think I got to give it to. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give it a tie. I'm going to give it to both elite death triangle matches that we've seen this week, yeah. uh, and then in terms of moment of the week, there was like so many. Uh, I think Jamie Hader winning the title, MJF winning the title. Uh, the elite returning, take your pick, man. There, there were so many, so many great moments. I, I think maybe uh, Regal, given the brass knucks to MJF, would be that the one, one that stands out uh, the most. But uh, what about you, Stoner? What do you have for matching? Um, yeah, this is tough. I'm probably going to give my moment to the week to MJF winning. So similar to you, um, just because it was awesome. Um, but match of the week, yeah, because I really like the Lucha Soul Jungle Boy match. I really thought yeah. that Especially that that freaking elbow off the top. I like that. I like Jericho, Jericho no, no, and uh week is, is Jungle Boy doing that elbow off the top. That was nice. Moment of the um, week, Jungle Boy's elbow drop from the top of the cage. Yeah, I don't match of the week. This is tough. Oh shit. I really I really liked Jericho and Ishii tonight as well. I thought that was an awesome. You know what? I actually because of how much I actually enjoyed it in the storytelling was turning, I'm gonna give it to the Ring of Honor World Championship four way. Nice. I, that was a really good match. Another too. great choice. Another yeah, really, really great choice. There was a lot of storytelling that went on in there. You had, you know, the Bullet uh, Blackwood Combat Club said, yeah, we're, we're fighting. You know, we, we fight and we're still friends. And then you had the stuff with could Sammy turn on uh, Jericho down the line. And like, you know, it was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then overall, we'll give, we'll give grades too. I, give, I always forget to do this, but um, I'm going to give full gear, greatest pay per view of all time. I'm going to give this week's Dynamite. Greatest dynamite of all time. I haven't seen Rampage yet, so we can't give it a grade. But it seems like probably worst Rampage of all time. Uh, however, yeah, those those two shows, Full Gear, Dynamite, greatest show of all time yeah. for me. No, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, they, they, were, they were good shows. Yeah, and yeah you, you, you did it all on the head. It feels like AEW is getting back to what they did good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but uh, one last thing here. Uh, actually, a couple final notes. Uh, I meant mm -hmm. to bring this up earlier when we were talking about Will Ospreay, but they've had an update since the last update, uh, which it, I, I wanted to kind of compare it to August. So August 18th, this was the current standings in terms of Dave Meltzer's list of wrestlers with most five, five or more star matches. You had Misawa at the top with 25, Okada with 23, tied with Ko Kenta Kobashi, uh, but then Will Ospreay at 21. This was August. This was August 18th. Now, uh, as of November 23rd, Will Ospreay is one match away from Masala for tying the most five-star matches 
of all time. And you know what? It's going to happen January 4th. And he's only like 29 years old. What the fuck? That infuriates me. <laughs> what have I done with my life? Right. Right. <laughs> but no, he, yeah, he's going to tie it up. If he does, it, oh, sweet, Canucks work tied the game again. Um, if he doesn't have another five star match between now and January 4th, he's going to easily tie I'll it up. I'll be shocked. So, I'll be shocked. Because Timmy Candy, like, I'm predicting now they're going to have a seven star match. One of the rares. I think, I'm calling it. Could be. Could yeah. be. He, Meltzer's only done the seven star rating once, and that was for Omega Okada 4. So. Right. And the reason why I say that is because I said that I, I think I said this before we got on air, but we're not getting Kenny Omega, the AEW world champion who's operating at 50, 60%. We're getting Kenny Omega who ruled no Japan pro wrestling prior to 2019. Coming off of six matches against death triangle. Yeah, <laughs> going to be a classic. It's going to yeah. be a classic. This is one that has been years in the making. Yes. Yeah. This is definitely a, a big time dream match. I'm going to try to find a way to watch this live. Yeah, I might have to give you my New Japan World Nexus, uh, maybe, because I'll probably be sleeping. So we'll see. we'll see. Oh, and then if it's that, yeah, I know you want, if it's early in the morning, what, January 4th is a what this year? Wednesday. So oh, I mean, this, this show is going to air, I think it's like uh, is this the morning 3, 3 a.m. Eastern start time, so probably about midnight your time. Yeah, I'm going to be in bed. I'm going to be in bed. I'll catch you <laughs> in the morning. i got to work in the morning. Screw this. You watch it in the morning. Well, it's it's going to be kind of fun. I still have to watch a Japanese wrestling show. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be kind of fun January 4th because you're going to have this, the, the Tokyo Dome show, and then AEW Dynamite later in the night. So I think a lot of wrestling fans, a lot of wrestling fans will be doing the one. What's that? The only well, they canceled day one. Day one because we could have had a litany of great shows. Oh my god! Yeah. There's too much wrestling though. Like, I, there's that... so much, so much fucking wrestling now. I like, I, I still have yet to catch up on Impact, and New Japan. Like, yeah. there's so much wrestling just this week alone. Yeah, there was a great angle that happened on this week's Impact with Bully Ray and Josh Alexander. Yeah, his wife. I haven't watched this. Good. I haven't watched the show yet, but I did see that that yeah, went I, down. I just saw the the clip circulating on on uh, on Twitter there. Yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> I love it. This before before we finish the show, I love it. Yeah. Somebody tweeted out a picture of MGF and Bully beside each other, and they turned it an album cover. And Bully Ray repeated <laughs> it, and he's like, "The rule of two. I'm like, I commented, "I'm like, yeah, nice knowing you, Plagueis." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because he's Star Wars reference there. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there you go, everybody. That's pretty much going to wrap it up for us here yeah. today. But I do have one last announcement to make here, which you may have already seen some stuff about. But we have a big show coming up this Thursday, December 1st, 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. It will be our next – I don't know if the graphic gets, so I can't pull it up. It will be our next wrestling trivia grand prix. And we've already announced that it will be a Starcade theme. So we have that as well on top of it. However, there's going to be a twist to this one. And it's going to be an iron man match not only that but it will be a triple threat iron man match three of the best competitors that we have in this pro wrestling trivia league that we're slowly building here it will be my co-host here soda going up against keith aka della common going up against the return of one mike Semper Vivi. So and very, 
is where I'm worried because Semper yeah. is a big fan of the early era stuff, especially. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, and I have my work cut out for me on this. This is a, you know, no bias here. No, we're not, we're not trying to pull anything on anybody. But I think this is the best chance that we've given Semp to get a win, get like a decisive win. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Yeah, it's true. But, Honestly, he yeah, the first one he was basically the one close. Who, yeah, yeah, but he, and he was really close between the two of you at the end. You know, I think a lot of people predicted that's who it was going to be, and uh, it came down to the wire. And you think you won on like the last question. Yeah, so, this is going to be really fun. Uh, it may go several rounds of overtime, but uh, the the plan right now is to have it be a twenty minute. Iron Man match. So as many questions as we can get in to you guys uh, over the course of 20 minutes. And then if it's tied at the end of that, we'll go to a five minute overtime yeah. and then just keep going until the person with the highest score at the end of the time expired will win the match. So very, very exciting. Looking forward to that coming up this Thursday again, right here on this channel. And man, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun one to look forward to. We'll have some more of the details posted on the social medias. If Twitter hasn't burned to the ground by the time this airs, we'll have something there, uh, probably on our Instagram as well. So make sure to follow us on all the social medias. Uh, LGR underscore network uh, will be the links for pretty much everything. Uh, I, I guess other than Hive, we I guess we have a Hive account set up now, which is, I guess, the new Twitter well, everybody's see, moving have, to. Have you looked at Hive? Because I haven't. I have not. I have yeah. not. But apparently we're on there now, too. So if you're on Hive, follow us, uh, LGR Network. Yeah. Uh, that's the only one that doesn't have the underscore in there, because I guess they don't allow underscores oh, in the okay. handles. But uh, everywhere else you can find us at LGR underscore network. Yeah. And uh, appreciate your support here, guys. As always, subscribing, liking the channel. Always very much appreciative. Uh, this is not live this week, obviously, so if you want to Chime in on any of the topics that we discussed here today. Make sure to please post a comment. We love interacting with you guys uh, and keeping the the show fan friendly here uh, on the Let's Get Ready Network. So, and if you uh, want to ever talk, like I, I don't go much in the comments here, but if you ever want to talk wrestling with me, I'm usually on Twitter because I'm actually oh, yeah. going to go down with the ship. I mean, I don't really care. So I'm going <laughs> to be the baker on the end of the army. Oh, I was going to say you'd be the the guy playing the violin. Oh no, uh, I'm uh, I'm the baker that got drunk <laughs> and decided to survive somehow. Survive. <laughs> <laughs> Like you see the movie, right? Yeah, the Titanic. That baker at the end—that's actually yeah. that actually happened. That real baker. Oh yeah, okay. Drank, the drink, and that's what, that's what saved him from getting hypothermia because he was so fucking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's legit. I hate to laugh about it, but it is kind of funny. Yeah, it's been 110 years. Worth of yeah, no right. We can joke that's, about it. This point. Point. That's the metaphor for me and Twitter. I'm the drunk baker <laughs> going down with the ship. Uh, Soda, anything else you want to plug, or where can the people find you on the on the um, social media networks that are burning in flames <laughs> and sinking to the bottom of the ocean? Yeah, just, just the usual. Um, you can find me over my personal Instagram and Twitter at Soda underscore uh, the underscore Saxman. Um, you can find me you my usual stuff on the Northern Entertainment Group. Um, I actually just did a show with some friends over on the um, the Movie Hero Network. I did a Patreon show with them. It was a four and a half hour show. But we Whoa, did a okay. we did a, a tier uh, not a tier we did a, bra a tournament bracket fight of the best wrestling theme songs of all time. It's funny that's that's really cool and it's interesting yeah. you bring that up because we, we might uh, we, we might have something uh, similar down the line here on this show. Just a little tease for you. So if you but, really want to get through four and a half hours of us dancing along to tunes as they're playing, because yes, there are. <laughs> 
um go check that out uh that was a lot of fun um i'm trying to convince it's funny you. because like you mentioned that it's four and a half hours long but i've actually been on a show with you that was longer than that oh well, yeah we've been multiple on shows yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no i'm actually i'm i think i've got them convinced to do one for the worst theme uh Matt, uh, theme music and i'm pretty sure Ooh, most of the 1990s okay. wcw is going to be on there <laughs> nice very very nice but yeah guys you can also find soda as i said in this epic sure to be insane triple threat wrestling trivia grand prix match coming up starcade iron man match semper vivi versus delicom and versus soda it's going to be so much fun can't wait for that again coming up right here yeah. thursday december 1st this thursday 5 30 pacific 8 30 eastern uh and uh until then everybody hope you're enjoying your thanksgiving weekend digesting all the turkey uh recovering from your hangover watching some football uh, if, you're obviously, American. <laughs> if you're American, right. You guys had Thanksgiving like a month ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We so. had another because we, it's because uh, for different reasons, some do because you're not lazy like us Americans. I think you do, you do things in a timely manner, like not like us who like to sit on our ass, but yeah. Um, yeah, guys uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in and uh, yeah, we will be back next week. Another little quick programming note here. We will have the, the trivia show. Uh, obviously it was just announced. That'll be on the first uh, and then we will be doing our normal show on the second, but then we will be taking a little bit of a break after that. Similar to what we did last year, just kind of a holiday break. Mm. Uh, definitely giving me time. Who've been I've been doing so much content recently here on the channel and elsewhere that uh, that I kind of feel like I need a, a few weeks off. So yeah. uh, we're going to be taking a few weeks off uh, after December 2nd, and then probably coming back our next show after that will be uh january 7th so shortly after all the yeah. craziness with the tokyo dome and AEW and everything uh kicking off the new year and so definitely paying attention because who knows it's a new year new stuff you never know right dude the given the last year that we had in pro wrestling how fucking insane everything was yeah like who the hell knows what 2023 is gonna hold for 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 the wrestling yeah, world. No, kidding. But, uh, no kidding very curious to check it all out and, and uh thank you all again for tuning in and uh yeah we'll see you on thursday for the wrestling trivia grand prix starcade triple threat yeah talk to y'all later cheers everybody right, cool, baby